Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Deuteronomy chapter 8, reading from verse number 3, the Bible tells us there, is that, And he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knowest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man does not live by bread only, but by every word that proceed out of the mouth of the Lord does man live. In other words, Lord, the Bible is telling us that it is not what you eat only that keeps you alive. Okay? It's not what you eat only that keeps you alive. It is the word of God that you imbibe, the word of God that you expose yourself to that keeps you alive. Our Lord Jesus Christ echoed this same sentiment, this same spiritual principle when he was confronted in the wilderness in Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, reading from verse number 1, the Bible tells us there. Then Jesus, when they, when, then, then was Jesus led up the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And he, and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be turned to bread. But Jesus, but he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In other words, these two verses of the scripture is telling us that the word of God plays a central role in your life. The word of God is very, very important in the way you live your daily life. How far you will go in life, how far you are going to move in life, how far you are going to fulfill the very purpose of God for your life is a function of the amount of the word of God you allow access into your life. In other words, what God can do in your life is a function of how much of his word you are able to retain. If you retain a lot of his word, then God has the opportunity of doing great things in your life. If you retain just a minimal level of your of the word of God in your life, what you will find is that you are not going to be able to move very far. You look at a particular student, a student that retains a lot of information about a particular subject, the student becomes what? That particular student is now becoming an expert in that particular area. You become very good in math if you retain a lot of math information. You become very good in science when you retain a lot of science information. If you retain the word of God in your life, God is able to walk through your life. When the Bible declares that man shall not live, but that man shall not live by bread alone, the Bible is saying that the word of God is more important, is a very important source of sustenance than your regular food. Many of, us, many of us will agree here that man is both body, man is both soul, and man is both spirit. Okay? If you feed only your body, what will happen is that you will have your your your, your soul will be malnourished, your spirit becomes malnourished. 
When you feed only your spirit and your body is not properly fed, what happens is that you are going to be in a hospital bed, even your soul might be praising God, but your physical body might not be strong enough. And that is why if you read the book of Luke chapter 2, reading from verse 52, the Bible says that Jesus increased in wisdom, in knowledge, in stature with God, in, in, favor, in favor with God, and in favor with man. In other words, Jesus Christ grew up in every department of his life. And if you look at the bulletin, that is what our purpose is as a church. If you look at that bulletin there where he talks about the purpose of lifelong anointing church, he said our, our, our purpose is to grow, just not just the body, but the soul and the spirit of every man. In other words, you should be eating properly a balanced diet. You should be feeding your mind by properly educating yourself. And you should be feeding your spirit by actually communicating with God. How do you feed your body? You feed your body by eating good food. If all you eat every day is McDonald's, you are going to have a lot of problems. You're going to have a lot of problems. If you wake up in the morning and all you eat is donuts, you are going to have issues. And if you wake up in the morning and all you eat is just vegetables, you are going to grow anemic. At one point in time, your strength will not be there. That is why you are required to eat a balanced diet. The same thing if all you are reading is the Esquire magazine. You will have what is called a, a, a brain full of what? Um, what do you call it? All those uh, sawdust brain. You know, where there is nothing inside. When you are reading, if all you read is gossip column, you will have no ability to be able to make any meaningful conversation. And that is why when you go to school, they teach you a little bit of this, a little bit of this, a little bit of this, so that you can have a well-rounded person. The same thing in the spirit. We cannot neglect any part of our body. There has to be a balance. For those of us, if you look at that tripod behind you there, you see that it has three legs. There is always a leg. The idea is to keep it balanced so that it's not swerving in any different direction. And that is what the word of God does for us. It, it feeds our spirit. Your regular school or your regular mental something feeds your mental capacity. And the food that you eat, it feeds your physical person. So we have to be well-rounded. So with the word of God, you know, in other words, the word of God, you, you don't survive by just what you eat. You survive by the word of God. And that is what the word of God does for us. If you ask a guy like Abraham, it was the word of God that turned the life of Abraham around. The Bible says that he received the word and the word told him, go to a place that I will show you. Because of that word of God, Abraham was transformed from just being a regular guy into the father of many nations. If you look at a guy called Elijah, the Bible told us that there was a famine in the land. Three years there was famine in the land. It was the word of God that came unto Elijah that said, go to that woman, that, 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 uh, that widow of Zarephath. And when he got there, the Bible told us that they ate for three years without having what? Without having any lack. Because of the fact that the word of God came to him. Not only that, the word of God came to a guy called Naaman. In the Old Testament, he was, he, was a, he was a general in the army of the Syrian army. The Bible told us that he was a leprous man. But the word of the Lord came unto him through who? Through Elisha. And that Bible tells us that this man was healed of that particular leprosy because of the word of God that came unto him. And there are so many examples like that in the scripture. The word of God has a way of not only sustaining you, but also giving you the power to transform. You know, to become transformed. The power to become the person that you are supposed to be. The word of God has the power to change your destiny and make you into what God wants you to be. But it is the problem with the word of God is this. It doesn't jump on you. You know, the word of God will not jump on you. The word of God has to be received. The word of God has to be learned. The word of God has to be searched out. It's just like when you go to school, by just sitting in class, you don't become a mathematician. 
or you don't become a scientist by just showing up a class. No, you have to study the word to be able to get it. The same thing, the word of God doesn't just jump upon you. It has to be, you have to be consciously embracing it. Now, the problem when you say a man shall not live by bread alone, the problem with that is that there's a lot of people who have a problem hearing the word of God. They just don't understand it. They just don't hear it. When you tell them something, they look at you and say, what are you talking about? And they they have no idea. You know, it just doesn't make sense to them. But that's, you know, the, the, the problem is people not being able to receive the word of God. The problem for many is that they do not want, it's not that they don't want to live for God. It's not that they don't want to live right. The problem is that they do not have, you know, they have no idea what the God, what the word of God for their life is. They don't even know what it is. Many have no idea what God is saying about their lives. They have no idea what God is saying about their career. They have no idea what God is saying about their family, about their wife, about their children, about what is going to happen to them, even in this month of September that we are in right now. They have no idea what God is saying about their lives. And when you have no idea of what God is saying about your life, how do you want to live according to that word? It's just like you join a company. They give you, uh, what do you call it? They give you an employee book. You never open that employee book anytime, anytime during the time you are serving there. How do you intend to obey the company's policy? Because you don't even know the policy. It's just like you take a textbook and the night before, I remember when we were still in school, the night before, that is when you open the book and you want to study. And then you wonder why you fail. Say, ah, the teacher doesn't like me. He gave me a C. I mean, how can, the teacher doesn't give you a C. You earned a C. That's what you got. But you notice that the students will always say this. When they get an A, if you ask them, say, I got an A. Okay? But when they get a C, they say, the teacher gave me a C. It's always amazing when you hear that. But the point I'm making is that, the point I'm making is that you cannot know these things unless you do what? Unless you take time to find out. Unless you take time to find out what is in the scriptures. Unless you take time to know what the Lord is saying concerning your life. What is God saying about your family? What is he saying about your children? What is he saying about your job? What is he saying about your tomorrow? The Bible tells us, I know the thought that I think towards you. The thought of good and not of evil. To give you an expected end. But how would you know that expected end if you don't even know what the word of God says? How can you know it? Now, I am not talking about you reading the Bible now. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about you memorizing scripture or claiming some generic promises. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you receiving a specific word from the Almighty God. Okay? A specific word. I don't know whether it has ever happened to you before. But there are times when you open the scripture and you read a verse and the verse pops up. And it speaks to you. And it speaks specifically to a particular situation in your life. There's something that has been troubling your heart. There's something that has been disturbing you. And all of a sudden, you open the scripture and that thing speaks to you. That is what I'm referring to. I'm not just talking about the fact that God says he's going to bless you. Yes, God is going to bless everybody. There's no question about that. But what is he saying about you? What is he saying about you? It's just like I go right now and I'm talking. Just like I'm talking right now, I'm talking generally to everybody. But when I mention the name Angelica, Angelica knows I'm talking to her. Because I'm addressing her directly. That is what I'm talking about. When you say hearing the word of God. It has to be specific to you. It has to be directed to your life. It has to be spoken directly to you. And that is what happened to Mary. The Bible told us that when Mary was about to conceive our Lord Jesus Christ. She actually received an angelic visitation. And the angel specifically told her. And said Mary you are going to have a baby. And the name of that baby is going to be called Jesus. Okay. 
You will notice if you go back to the book of Isaiah, the Bible told us that there was a prophecy that was given. It said, Behold, a virgin shall, be, shall conceive and shall give birth to a child, and you will call the name of the child wonderful by mighty counsel. You know, that was a there was a general prophecy. The name of Mary was not mentioned in that prophecy. But when that time for the fulfillment of that prophecy came, the angel specifically came and said, You are the person that have been chosen for this particular assignment. Okay? And the Bible tells us in the book of first in the book of uh, Luke chapter eight, uh, Luke chapter one, reading from verse number thirty-eight, it says, "And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. The word of the Lord must come directly to you. The word of the Lord will come directly to your situation if it is going to make any difference in your life." The same thing when John the Baptist about to, was about to start his ministry. The Bible said that the word of the Lord came directly to him. Luke chapter 3, reading from verse number 2. The Bible said, and Ananias and Caiaphas, being the high priest, the word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. The word of the Lord was specific unto him. Okay? It was specific unto him. The same thing happened to Simon Peter. The Bible says that they toiled all night fishing looking for what to you know looking for fishing because they were fishermen but at the time when they came back to shore jesus went back jesus went to them and told them go and cast your net back in there and simon peter was telling him my friend i have fished all night and Simon answered and said unto him master we have toiled all night and haven't and, and have taken nothing nevertheless because you spoke this particular word i will do it again and the bible said that when they dropped that net they were able to pull a lot of draw the reason is because the word of god came unto him in each of these cases you will see that the word of god was the common denominator the word of god was the main thing that made the difference in the life of an individual if you were sleeping today, or you go to bed later, you go to bed later today, and the Lord tells you, my son or my daughter, when you wake up tomorrow and you get to the office, a young man is going to be standing right next to that door. And when you say hi to that young man, he's going to give you a little ticket. When you give that little ticket, it's a Tennessee lottery ticket. When you scratch that Tennessee lottery ticket and you open it, you are going to hit the jackpot. I tell you, my friend, my brothers and sisters, you will be the first person in the office the next day. <laughs> you will be the next person. Every young man standing right next to the door, you will be looking out for that young man. And if they say hi to you, you will look whether they are going to give you a ticket. And if you got that ticket, I tell you, you will start looking for the nice house in Brentwood. Because you know you are going to win. Because number one, the, the, your, your dream told you when you get to the office, you are going to see a young man. You got to the office, you saw that young man. Your dream told you that the young man is going to say hi and he's going to give you a ticket. You look at that young man, he gave you a ticket. Your dream told you the number on the ticket. You look at that ticket, you saw the number. And, and even before you win that jackpot, you will start pricing the best car. You will start looking for the right car. The reason is because you got something specific. You received a word. You received an instruction. And that instruction was going accordingly. The same thing. When the word of God comes alive in your life. That's what happens. Yes. When the Lord tells you, this is what I will do for you. This is what I am going to do for your children. This is what I'm going to do in your family. This is what I'm going to do concerning your marriage. When the Lord speaks clearly to you, it changes everything. It changes your outlook. It changes the way you relate to people. It changes the way you see life. Because the word of God makes the difference. Now in the Bible, there are two words for the word of God in the Bible. There are two words. The first one is called Logos. Logos is what was referred to as the general word of God. That is the inspired word of God. That is not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the second word that is used in the scripture, which is referred to as the Rhema. Rhema simply means the utterance. 
the living word of God, the specific word of God directed at you. It is referred, it literally means utterance. When the Lord speaks into your life, it is not the same thing as when he talks to everybody. Okay? So when I'm talking about receiving a word from the Lord, I'm talking about the Lord speaking a rema into your life. A Lord speaking specifically to your situation. Now, if you can't hear the utterance of God, if you can't hear the rema word of God, if you don't know how to receive that word, how are you going to live by it? Yeah. How are you going to live by it? If you can't understand what God is saying, how are you going to live by it? We were watching a movie last night, and uh, I think there was this guy speaking English, and there was this Chinese lady, and the guy was just talking and talking and talking, and then he, she, he now understood that the Chinese lady wasn't understanding what he was saying, so he started speaking slowly. And then the Chinese man was telling, was telling the, uh, the, the person who was next to him, say, the fact that you are speaking slowly doesn't mean that I'm going to start understanding English all of a sudden. <laughs> I don't understand English. You speak it slowly. You speak it fast. You speak it anyway. It doesn't make any difference. It's just like when you look at this Chris Tucker guy. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? If you can say that. If I don't understand English, I still don't understand it. The point we are making is that God might be speaking. If you don't understand it, you don't understand it. It doesn't make any difference. You can spend hours in there if you don't understand what God is saying. You don't understand it. The point is that if you don't understand the word of God, you cannot live by it. That's true. If you can't hear the word of God, you cannot obey it. It is not possible. When the Bible says, men shall not live by bread alone. The problem with that statement is that a lot of people don't even have the word. Talk less of living by it. You don't even understand it. You don't even know what the Lord is saying. Okay? And the problem is not only living by the word of God. The real problem is hearing the word of God. Many believers can't hear. Many believers don't understand. Many believers don't recognize the voice of God. And if you look at the scripture, there was an example for us. In the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3, reading from verse number 4, the Bible told us there was a young man called Samuel. He was in the same condition. The Lord called him and the Lord said, Samuel. And he answered and said, here I am. And he ran to Eli. Eli then was the prophet that Samuel was learning under. He went on, this, he went on to Eli. He said, Eli, here I am. Eli said, I didn't call you. But the Bible told him in verse number 7. He said, now Samuel did not know the voice of the Lord. The Lord was speaking, but he didn't know it was him that was talking. How do you know the voice of God? I tell you, if you have been very familiar, for those of us who are already married, or for those of us who live with our parents, if your parent is behind this wall right now, yeah, and your parent speaks, you will know. How do you know? Because you have heard that voice over and over, and you know that this is the person speaking. And you know the mood that your parents are in when they are speaking. You know when they are happy. And you know when they are not feeling very happy. Somebody back there knows when I call a particular way. He knows that I'm really agitated. And that there's a way that you call. The point I'm making is that you know the voice of God when you are familiar with God. When you have walked with him for a while, you can recognize his voice. You can say, this is the Lord speaking. And you can say, this is not the Lord speaking. Okay? So, Samuel did not recognize the voice of the Almighty God because the Bible told us in verse number 7, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord revealed unto him yet. The problem, the good thing about Samuel was that Samuel at least can hear. I mean, Samuel at least can hear the word of God. He can hear the voice of God. He may not recognize it, but at least he hears. Some of us don't even hear at all. And that is why you will see some people who tell me that they sleep and they don't even dream. That is a terrible condition to be in. A man who sleeps and does not dream at all, that person is in a serious mess. 
The reason is because the, the dream, your dream is a picture of what is happening in your spiritual life. It gives you a it gives you a window to see what God is about to speak to you or what the devil is about to do in your life. It gives you a picture. If you are dream, if you are sleeping and you cannot and you cannot see anything, it's like your spiritual monitor has been turned off. You don't see anything. If the enemy wants to kill you, finish you like that, puma, you don't know. <laughs> If the Lord is about to bless you, you have no clue what is bringing your way when you cannot sleep. Because the dream is about the only way that many of us understand what God is saying. That's about the only way. We are too busy, we can't even hear the voice of God. And that is the only way that God actually speaks to us, through dream. And if a man says, I sleep and I don't dream, that man is in serious trouble. Serious trouble. But that is a story for another day. Okay. Samuel's situation was better because he could hear the voice of God. Though he did not recognize the voice of God, at least he could hear it. There are many believers who can't even hear the voice of God. But the Bible tells us that is not what we are supposed to be. That's not where we are supposed to be. The Bible simply tells us in John chapter 10, reading from verse number 27, it says, My sheep hears my voice. And I, and, and I know them and they follow me. In other words, the Lord is expected you, the Lord expects you to hear his voice. It will be unusual if I call my daughter and she doesn't even know I'm the one calling, there's a problem. There is a problem where you are talking to your wife and you, you, who are you? You know that that particular person needs to start taking Alzheimer's uh, medication. <laughs> I mean, you cannot recognize it. You can't recognize the voice. You can't, that means something is wrong. The Lord is saying that my sheep hear my voice. In other words, you are supposed to have that relationship with the Almighty God that He can speak to you. You can understand what He's saying. If you can't understand it, there is a problem. There is a problem. The day we hear the voice of God, things change in our life. If we are going to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, you have to learn how to hear His voice. You have to learn it. And you have to take some time to hear it. But that is not the issue that we are discussing this morning. The question for us this morning is that how do you live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. How do you do it? Exodus chapter 16. And that was what we read this morning for our Bible reading. But I'll just pick some selected verses there. Exodus 16, we see the demonstration of these in the life of the children of Israel. In verse number 2, the Bible tells us there. Verse number 2 of Exodus 16, we are told that Moses... The children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. Their complaint was that, hey, we are doing well in Egypt. You brought us to this place. A place where Pharaoh has been punishing them. Where Pharaoh has been making them to do extra work, to make them to labor. They say they are doing fine. And that is why you look at somebody. It's always very interesting to me. When you call a little girl and their family and you say, okay, come to church. The parents will be angry. They will, be, they, they, will not, they will not allow the child to do anything that looks like God. If you want to take that same girl or that boy to a party, they have no problem. Okay? But when you want to take that person to church, it's a problem. I still don't understand that part. But that's another story for another day. The, the issue is that these children of Israel were complaining that Moses took them out of slavery into freedom and that they were about to die of hunger. In verse number 4, the Bible, the Bible now tells us that the Lord gave a specific word unto Moses for their situation. The Lord said unto Moses, He said, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go and gather a certain break every day, and I will prove them whether they will with me or they will not walk with me now please understand one thing here the provision of the manna is a direct result of the word of god unto moses the lord said i'm going to rain manna and manna started coming okay 
The manna was provided every day because God spoke a promise to the children of Israel. He said, this is what I am going to do, and that is what began to happen in their life. Okay? It is one thing for God to speak to your situation. It is a completely different story for you to do what? To enjoy what God has said. It is one thing for you to, for, God, for, for me to say, I am going to bless you. It's another thing for you to open yourself up to receive that blessing. Two different things. The fact that I say I'm going to give you a million dollars doesn't mean that you are going to trust me enough to receive that million from me. The fact that I say I'm going to do something for you doesn't mean that you are going to enjoy that thing that I'm about to give to you. Two different things. God said he was going to release manna unto them. But the children of Israel, it's not left for them to be able to enjoy it. A completely different story for you to be able to enjoy what God has spoken into your life. In other words, God has done what he said he will do. And all that is left for the children of Israel is to hear the spoken word and to obey. Obeying this instruction. Taking the manna every day for the children of Israel required a number of things. Number one, it required them to go out every morning to collect it. The Lord said he's going to pour down the manna. And for the children of Israel to enjoy it, they have to go out every day to collect it. Number two, they have to take as much as they need just for one day. Number three, they have to not keep it. You don't keep that particular thing for the next day. You don't keep it till the next day. You have to take only one day and the next day you go back for it again. Okay? Now, and on the eve of this, on the eve of the Sabbath day, they have to take the one that will last them for two days. Okay? Now, for the children of Israel to enjoy the blessings of the manna that the Lord is pouring upon them every day, they have to follow this simple instruction. Now, God is still in the business of doing what? Of praying or pouring manna to his own children. The Bible tells us in the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 6, it says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, the sons of men are not consumed. But if you are going to enjoy God's daily manner, you must follow what? You must follow the simple instructions that God has put in there, of which I refer to as the manner principle. Enjoying daily manner requires you to follow the manner principle. And what are these manner principles? The first manner principle is what I call the principle of dependence. The principle of dependence. The Bible says that manner has to be collected every day. Okay? Manner has to be collected every day. If you don't collect that manna every day, you are going to starve. If you are going to hear the word of God, if you are going to enjoy the promises of God, the Lord is saying that you have to go into my word every day to receive something. You have to go into my word every day to receive something that will be of blessing to your soul. Okay? If you don't go in there to receive something for your soul, what you will find is that you are going to continue to live a life that is not, you are going to live a life that is starved. Jesus said, you remember, how many of us remember here the Lord's Prayer? Our Father who art in heaven. If you notice there was a particular, there's a line in that particular verse that says, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, that we be done as on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. In other words, you go to the presence of the Almighty God and ask for provision on a daily basis. If the children of Israel were going to enjoy the manna that comes from heaven, they have to go out every day to collect it. If you are going to enjoy the voice of the Almighty God in your life every day, you have to go out every day. You have to go into your secret place that our sister was talking about this morning. Go in there and receive a word for your life on a daily basis. Okay? There must be a daily dependence on the living God. There must be a going out on a daily basis with an empty vessel to hear the word of God and gather that particular thing that God has in store for us. That is the first thing, the principle of dependency. Number two is the principle of timely access and utilization. 
the principle of timely access and utilization. Just as manna is kept, you know, if kept for more than one day begins to stink, the man who will live by the word of God must be able to go and receive, not just go and receive fresh revelation, but you must keep it fresh every day. In other words, you cannot live on yesterday's promises. You cannot live on yesterday's word. You cannot live on what God has said to you 10 years ago. And that is what a lot of people are doing. When the Lord, when I was still working with the Lord, this was what the Lord told me. How, how many years ago was that? That was in the year 19 whatever. But the Lord says, if you want to enjoy his, the freshness of his manna, you don't keep that manna overnight. Because if you keep it overnight, it begins to stink. If you keep it overnight, it begins to grow worms. All sorts of terrible things that happen to it. What the Lord is saying to us is very simple. Manna can only be picked in the morning once a day. If you go out in the afternoon, you will not find it. The Bible told us that when the sun comes up, that thing disappears. So there is a principle of timely access. There is a time that you are supposed to go in there and pick fresh from the presence of the Almighty God. And that's why we always encourage you, when you wake up in the morning, call upon the name of the Lord. Why? Because it is fresh at that time. Because at that time, your mind is not distracted. Because at that point in time, you are not yet scattered. At that point in time, all the noise of this world has not yet entered into your subconscious. What happens is that you are still open to receive the word of God. But the utilization is that when you hear the word, put it to use. When you hear the word of God, put it to you. But what you got yesterday might not be enough for you to go on today. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.